so yes, we've we've as a human species, we've always been causing each other harm. We've always been killing people. We've always been seeking power. We've always been, always been, always been, always been. So yes, the the both. I think the both and not the either or. And yeah. I might I might just be an optimist at heart, but I I I believe in humanity, even though sometimes humanity, you know, tries me. <laughs> you believe in humanity despite humanity. Despite humanity, yes. exactly. Humanity despite humanity. I think that's the episode title. Welcome to Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith. By the way, this is episode 260. How about I start that over? <laughs> keep it in, keep it in the final edit, please. Have keep I it done in. This before? Oh my keep it gosh. In. Wow. It is one of those days. <laughs> oh, it is one of those days. Welcome to episode 260 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episodes, the Reverend, today's episode singular, the Reverend Shannon Weston Ogenholder and yours truly Brian Burkoff will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. Don't worry, you'll, you'll, you'll pull it together. I, I'm, I believe in you. Wow. Usually I'm the one making these mistakes. Like Brian's got it today. All over the pit. Oh my goodness, man. Uh, whether you're a longtime listener new to the show, you can get yourself some more content. Uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash ptlive. Starting at $7 a month, you get access to some lively, engaging, um, much more honest, as if we are ever less honest, uh, pre- and post-show banter and conversation. And you can even get yourself some merch, like the Pub Theology Life pint glass, you know, while supplies last. So... Head over to patreon.com slash ptlive, sign up today. And as always, always, thank you to our current patrons. And speaking of pine glasses, if you would like to get one in person, um, we are going to be at the Goose Cast of Wild Goose on July 13th through 16th in North Carolina. So if you are going to be there too, um, make sure to look us up and see when and come out and listen to our live episode. And if you do so, you might be able to get yourself a pint glass. So today we're going to be discussing pancakes versus waffles. King Charles's coordinate coronation, not coordination. I don't really know much about his coordination, but his coronation. Um, human progress and scapegoating pastors. Plus May is National Masturbation Month. Woohoo! Are you doing no. your part? <laughs> so let's have a drink in order to talk about all of this today, wow. <laughs> if we'd like or not. Indeed. Grab, grab whatever you have. So, Ogan, what are you drinking today? Um, I am, I am, I am house guesting um, for a friend of mine, old college roommate from Vermont, and his his beer fridge. He has he has a standalone beer fridge is stacked with. From uh, Long Trail Brewing in Vermont, this uh, double bag, um, deliciously Vermont, it says. It is a double amber ale, smooth, complex, loaded with roasted malt flavors, sweet notes of caramel, chocolate, 
um, balance with a touch of bitter hops. So we'll see. Much how... like yourself. Nice. <laughs> you, st- you stepped on my line. Uh, but that's what I got. Double bag. I'll let you know how it goes. Brian, what are you drinking today? I'm switching it up today and going with a white wine. I am drinking uh, the Drama Queen Pinot Grigio by Middle Sister uh, Wines out of California. So you just bought it for the label, didn't you, Brian? You're such a drama queen. Partially, that is true. Partially, that's <laughs> true. And I'm I'm drinking this Drama Queen Pinot Grigio out of a glass from Chicone vineyards which is a winery owned by madonna's family in michigan oh fun what do you got shannon interesting so i am um going by an old standard today because we haven't upgraded our beer for a while so i've got a new belgian fat tire so um old faithful old faithful right one of my it's actually one of my football beers one of my standard football beers that um because I, I guess I, sorry, Ogan, but I'm missing a little football. It's all good. It is, it is all good. Um, this, by the way, is a delicious beer. They weren't lying when they said deliciously Vermont. There you go. This is really nice. A 7.2%. Uh, mm. Nice, nice, nice dark amber. Oops, yeah. It's beautiful color. Wait. Yeah. Good stuff. Enjoy. On to today's topics. All right, if you had to choose between pancakes or waffles, what would you go for? And are there favorite toppings for either one? Was this a recent like weekend breakfast debate at your house? I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm always curious where you come up with these questions. We may or may not have had waffles for dinner uh, over the weekend. Nice. And some really good toppings. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I think for me, the answer is what else am I eating? Right. So if there's some if there's some fried chicken, we go in waffles. If there's like maybe some some scrambled eggs, bacon and ricotta cheese, um, we might be going pancakes. But I honestly kind of don't have any strong feelings one way or the other. I think pancakes are easier to eat than waffles. Waffles can be a little unwieldy sometimes. Unwieldy. Is that the word? They can. Yeah, they can. So it's all about the supplement. That 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 is the that is the influence. So if somebody says, you know, we we make it from scratch. What do you want? Waffles or pancakes? I'm like, what else are we eating? Right, right. right? That's that's gonna be my first question, and I think that will help swing it because I there you go. I, I can go either way. All right, Shannon. What what about you? I I um I like pancakes, and I honestly um <laughs> think that just has to do with the butter distribution because it's really hard to get the butter even on a waffle. Like Mm -hmm. it gets stuck in the crevices and then you get like one bite that's just like all butter. And then anyway, whatever. Um, I do like me an ego though. I'm not going to lie. Like just, you know, right right out of the, you know. Right. It's like instant yum. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can like pour the syrup all over it and then like dump it. And then like you just get this even coating and it's anyway, that's so it doesn't say egos, but, but see, I'm, I'm, my kids prefer waffles though. So we do actually have waffles more often than we have pancakes, Yeah, but I'm not a big topping person. Like I don't put a lot of, I don't want a lot of extra sugar on my sugar. Like, right. Right. I so we did fruit. I don't need, you know, whipped cream. So 
we did waffles <laughs> uh, for dinner the other night. We don't do that often, but we did, you know, with the waffle maker and they were nice and fluffy. And Christy made homemade cream, like whipped cream. And then mm. we had blueberries and strawberries. I didn't even put syrup on it. Like it just with just that, it was amazing. Yeah. But I, I think if I had to choose, I'd probably go pancakes because I, I love pancakes. Throw in some sauce, some links on the side. And, you know, you could go straight syrup, you could add a little peanut butter, um, you could add bananas, you can stick bananas or blueberries in it as you're making it. I mean, blueberry pancakes, hard to beat. So I think I'd probably go pancakes, but hard to argue with either one. Well, one, I, I would say to, to Shannon's point and the ego thing, it also depends on, you know, what level of labor intensity you want to go through, because... Because for the most part, you know, you'll go to a grocery store and buy frozen waffles and and they'll they'll be they'll be good. They'll be decent enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, you throw one in the toaster, you're ready to go in like, you know, in a minute or less. Waffle uh, pancakes, you know. Yeah. You're not doing frozen pancakes. Like not we so have some, <laughs> we had some for the kids, like grab and go ones. Yeah. And were they're they like, good? you just no. Like yeah. they were not tasty. And like it doesn't translate like the waffle. So first off, the difference between fluffy, delicious, homemade waffles and Eggos are night and day, right? Like they're two different this, things. This is true. And I do yeah. love me an Eggo. I love both of them. I they're really both do, good though. But like, they are both good, but like yeah. microwave pancakes, like not no, so good. Not, not so much. Not so yeah. much. Have you guys I ever also, done cream cheese on your waffles? I love me some cream cheese on my waffle. No. Oh, yes. That sounds yes, good. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. So I also fun. have to have separation between my syrup and my eggs. Like, yes. I don't want syrup on my eggs. Now, if Ditto. syrup gets on my bacon or my sausage, fine. Right. But, like, syrup on my eggs, no, thank you. Like, you I like want that. my eggs on a separate plate. Then. There you go. You sound like my son, Charles, like things can't touch on the plate. Well, and I'm not usually a things can't touch, but like the sweet maple <laughs> the s- with the egg. Yeah. yeah. Like, gross. Yeah. Are you guys, are any of you still using like that nasty, like, you know, uh, high fructose corn syrup? So we stuff, have it or, just because or... the kids go through it like crazy that to buy real maple syrup is mm. so expensive it's so expensive i bought one the other day and it was six bucks and then i'm looking at the 99 cent like high fructose stuff but that people are used to the taste of and kind of like better yeah. frankly and, and it's like it's a hard call it is. i i uh once i started using real maple syrup i never went back to that other stuff and that other stuff i thought tasted good until i got into maple syrup especially like the grade b darker maple syrup yeah. oh my god that once I yeah. can't, I can't go, but I will shell out the money for that. Then go back to we that. Just, it's the quantity we go through. <laughs> oh no. I, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> well, and you're like, I don't want to police them constantly about like, right. you know, this motion that they're used to doing when they're pouring it out of that glass. Yeah, you're like, that stuff is gold. You can't just dump right. it out. <laughs> and exactly. I'm like, you know what? When you're older, I'll teach you this today. Like, eh, it's not like we eat this all the time, you know, like, right go for it i hear I yeah I hear we still yeah we do it um, all right well speaking of syrup uh the official ceremonies that mark the accession of a new british monarch king charles iii just happened and for a somewhat uh secular country or largely secular country the ceremonies were steeped in religious language 
And the proclamation read out at the St. James Palace in London noted, whereas it has pleased Almighty God to call to his mercy our late sovereign lady, Queen Elizabeth II, to himself, et cetera, et cetera, and goes on to note that Charles III rules by the grace of God, and we beseech God by whom kings and queens do reign to bless his majesty with long and happy years to reign over us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So very religious language, and an American reporter noted in seeing this to a British colleague, for a country which is so secular and where so few go to church, you sure mention God a lot. So, and there's more that could be said we can mention, but, you know, what do you think about this high degree of religious language and symbolism in a national event, despite the steep decline of religious observance and commitment within that same country? It felt like a lot of tradition just for the sake of tradition, right? Like, like, I don't, I don't know that there's anyone really believe in that mm. uh, anymore, but this is the way, uh, again, very churchy. This is the way we've always done it. It adds so an air of the, formality or, or, or um, antiquity or what is it? Again, I think just, just the tradition, just mm -hmm. the tradition of it. Granted, the last time this was done was well, how many years ago when Queen Elizabeth was like 18 or whatever? <laughs> no how, doubt. Before like was eight, we were born. Yeah. Right? So so I think the vast majority of people who were watching it didn't see the last one. So they, they could have done whatever they wanted. And I don't know that people would have complained. That's a fair um, point. I, they were, but it, it was, I, I didn't watch any of it. And but leading up to it, I love some of the commentary about for a modern era, this is going to be a slimmed down um, sort of ceremony. So instead of the heavy gold carriage that needs to be pulled by like a dozen horses, we're going to just have the light gold carriage we pulled by four. I'm like, can you give me a break? Like, this is are you hearing yourselves right now? Instead of a instead of a three hour service at the uh, at, at the church, maybe we can get it down to like two, two and a half. I'm like, again. You know, and when you interview people in Britain, the vast majority of people under a certain age, under like 40, are like, yeah, we kind of really don't care this much about about any of this. I think that God language is is again that tradition, that antiquated tradition that justified all of the the horrific practices of the monarchy, you know, um, and no no different than um with catholics in the vatican like the doctrine of discovery for example that's been used for folks yeah. to go into you know other nations and conquer and decimate and commit atrocities and wipe people out because quote unquote god gave us civilized people the right to go and do stuff yeah like you're this. not going to take out the language that justifies the very existence of the institution in the first place right right well, and the the head the the monarch of England is the head of the Church of England, mm -hmm. and so yes. you can't remove one from the other. Like they are, that is their yes role. And 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 let's re let's remember for our listeners who might not remember, uh, or let's note for them um, how the Church of England started because Henry the Eighth wanted to divorce his wife. Right. for someone else and he's like oh the catholic church won't let me fine i'm the king i will start my own church also uh, so you know <laughs> you know so i i think a whole religious movement that started on something like that you, you know we got some questions 
Yeah. Well, and and the title given to them by the Pope in the 15 whatevers was the defender of the faith, right? The defender because, of the church or of the faith, yeah. Yeah. And so you can't, no matter we're living more and more into this secular society, or more specifically, oh. right? Because we're talking about England and you know, the United Kingdom. Yeah. And so you can't necessarily untangle the two, right? This is one of those like pull on the ed, like yes. yarn of the sweater kind of things. You're going to yeah. unravel the whole so, mystery. So, so it's, you interesting you, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think the language in was changed from defender of the faith, implying that Christianity was, or Church of England version of Christianity was the one faith to just uh, defender of defender of faith. Um, to sort of acknowledge again that there were mu- there were multiple faiths represented in mm-hmm. in the ceremony, you know, yes. um, and also you know realizing that England is a very pluralistic society now. So so there were there were some adaptations uh, to that, which again I I sort of appreciated the nod to it, but it's hard it's hard to it's hard to find like those silver linings in this dark cloud of an institution that really doesn't need to kind of exist, that still needs to atone for the horrors Mm -hmm. that it has perpetuated. I mean, when you look at, for example, all the jewels that were represented in the crown, the scepter, and all the things he was wearing, like all stolen, right, from, uh, from, from other countries and lands that are, that are trying to uh, demand their return you know, and also in general, just some of the the sheer arrogance of, for example, in the British Museum, which which houses so many important um, historical, um, spiritual, religious artifacts from other countries that they colonized, to say things like, "Oh, those folks wouldn't know how to take care of them well enough, so we're going to hold on to them." Right. So it's like, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not gonna spend a I, I didn't again watch the ceremony um didn't give it a lot of thought um mm-hmm. as as well um and I was I was one of those people that got a hard time online who was sort of like a little bit celebratory when Queen Elizabeth died um sure. and 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 to draw attention to you know, as people were like, oh, she was the queen and it was and it was a ceremonial position. She didn't know all the other things the British government were doing and atrocities. And we're like, yeah, no, she knew. She no, 100% knew. And yeah, so so she's got some blood on her hands. And um, the one hope that I have for uh, newly minted King Charles is that, uh, you know, he's always appeared to be very environmentally conscious and minded. Um, and in his own old white man aristocracy way, always gave a nod to like some social issues as well. So hopefully, um, hopefully in his time, however brief it is as King, because God bless that man for waiting so long. No doubt. <laughs> right. Uh, we might, we might get what a good 10, 15 years out of him if we're lucky. Uh, you know, perhaps he will, uh, I'm holding out hope that he will start to, to, to really shift the role that this institution plays in, in the global consciousness um, as well. And I would honestly say, I hope between him and, is it is it William, the older son, that they really start to just like sunset this whole thing yeah. um, and go from there. 
I think that everybody has that, they might have that ideal. And then when they get this ceremony is an example of it, right? And then you get literally the power and all of this fuss, then it's like, well, why, why do I want to give this up? You know, why would I want to? Also, can I say people, people still sour about the whole Diana situation? Oh, of course. One of the things, and this isn't just about like pluralism or even secularism as much as like the, the church of England has made some really horrible decisions in my opinion lately. Right. Like very like anti, like can't have gay marriage and like you had, you now have a King, the governor of this church that couldn't be married in it. Yes. Like that wasn't able to be married in the church. Yes. And so like, that's my only hope of all of this kind of religious language coming out of this is to now say, okay, now can we really look at some, now you have a King that like, I was barred from being married in this place. We've just made another decision a year ago or whatever to bar a bunch of people from getting married in this place. Why don't we open the doors a little bit? So that's my only hope from a religious perspective that maybe this king could possibly do. And yet I don't have a lot of hope in that because I think their PR people are going to be like, don't draw attention to that. You know, yeah, whatever. For sure. So. Yeah. A twofold hope that if they're going to continue the religiousness of a ceremony like this, that'll be more expansive and inclusive and expressive of other religious traditions. And then that the blasted church itself, as you noted, will itself be more uh, exclusive. Pull it together. Inclusive (laughs) and welcoming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So I came across this statement in a a column by columnist Karen Pryor Swallow over at religiousnews.com. And she said, uh, human progress, the myth of the modern age, is increasingly in doubt. You can see it in the news. Rather than hearing about supposedly sophisticated, enlightened people, every day there are stories that seem to have been ripped from history pages about ancient barbarians and medieval vandals. Halls of government are increasingly characterized by political theater more than rational civil debate. We continue to grapple with the long-term effects of a pandemic that's reminiscent of the Black Death. And a former president, still the leading candidate for the next presidential election, has been found liable in court for sexual battery. So much for human progress. Whatever belief one might have held in the possibility of this idea, such a belief seems less tenable with each passing day. So she she frames this pretty well, and we've had this conversation multiple times here about taking the wider view and that humanity is advancing, evolving, progressing for the good. But when you look at the micro and look at the everyday, it's hard to argue with her. Well, part of it also is that premise of you see it in the news. We keep thinking we are in an age where the news is about reporting what happened. No, the news is the news is a medium of corporations who have a bottom line, who have investors, and the age-old adage, if it bleeds, it leads, still maintains. Yes, so I just watched the most recent succession. And I was wow. just going to say that. Wow. No spoilers, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, but you couldn't be more right. You know, right. so so it, it played it out very well. Exactly. Exactly. So so let's not let's not kid ourselves 
about that. Like, you know, there's a whole thing the you know, a lot of pushback towards CNN for like having Trump on their airwaves again. And the truth of the matter is CNN had dropped down to like an average of like, I don't know, 500,000 viewers a day. And when Trump came on, it was up into the millions to watch that. They did what they're supposed to do, which is how do we get people to watch us so we can sell some ads and make some money? That's what it's all about. It's not news anymore. It's about entertainment that that gets eyes on us so that we can Gross. we can sell some ads. Gross. Right. So so there's there's that. So I would argue that we live in an age where if you want to find out about the sophisticated, enlightened people and the good stories and the good things that happen in the world, unfortunately, you got to go find them yourself now, right? You'll have an, you have a one-hour news broadcast where they'll throw in some feel-good something like in the last 10 minutes. And by then you're so like, you know, despaired by what's going on in the world that it doesn't even register. But but there's plenty there's plenty good happening in the world. There are plenty of people who are who are making good changes in the world, but that's not what's gonna lead the headlines as well. So, so yes, we've we've as a human species, we've always been causing each other harm. We've always been killing people. We've always been seeking power. We've always been, always been, always been, always been. Mm. Um, and I think more and more, even though we've always been that. You have to also acknowledge that we've also done much better. Like, hey, look, women women are no longer property and chattel. Uh, that doesn't mean that we still don't have ways to go in terms of equity. You know, oh, look, slavery, not so good anymore. It doesn't mean that human trafficking and exploitation still doesn't happen. So we're getting there. We we just gotta we just gotta find where we where we get information would you say that if you're looking for human positivity look less to the cable news networks and more to like oh don't look to them at all <laughs> more to like tiktok or reels or things that are tend to have a lot of lighthearted, positive feel-good content I, that depends on your algorithm <laughs> here's that too i mean really like that if you want the horrible news stories over and over again you're TikTok algorithm can make that happen, you know. Son of a, you um, can doom scroll even on those. And I mean, I think the other side of this is that this is where the world has gotten so small in that if, you know, it used to be you opened up your hometown newspaper, you know, maybe you got something like the New York Times or whatever, right, to get some more global or national news but they'd cover two or three big national news stories and mm -hmm. then all the rest of it was what's going on in your neighborhood, right? Right, right? Or your city. Now, if there's nothing gonna, like to Ogan's point, if there's nothing grabbing the headline in our area, right? In our neck of the woods, then you're gonna go global for it and you can find bad news anywhere, right? You can find a catastrophe happening. on so. You know, if it's not a shooting in the U.S. today, well, then let's talk about the horrible thing that's going on, you know, in China. Or let's talk about the Ukraine today and how blah, blah, blah. Right. Like we can find bad news. We can find something that's going to get the click numbers up, you know, the clickbaity stuff. Um, so uh, I want to give an example of um, <laughs> I want to give an example of a website that I check out a few times a week. It's called Good Black News. 
good the and and the you know the mm-hmm. subtitle is the good things black people do give and receive all over the world uh, good goodblacknews.org right so and literally you go to the page and that's all it is right i mean are still are there still like headlines of systems of oppression all over the place exactly like i just I just posted about the IRS. Apparently, they found out the algorithm that the IRS uh, uses to determine who needs to be audited is skewed towards selecting uh, Black people more, even though there's no evidence to to show that Black people cheat on their taxes more than white folk, right? So we, we got that going on. And here's good Black news that's telling me, listen, there's still good things happen in the world so you have to go and find the things yourself you can't rely on mainstream media they still play a part to bring attention to yes there are still atrocities in the war you don't want to just bury your head in the sand but you have to kind of like you know balance that with some other sources as well indeed i think that's right and also, it turns out like um, this was because of because of mainstream news. Was it this past week? Past two weeks? It was. It was like good for accountability. We had we had the president uh, losing yep. that case. We had them finally getting George Santos right. Right. Yeah, right. That, right. That dude. Right. The guy. The guy. The 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 white ex marine who who choked the black guy on the subway. Like he's now being charged with with a uh, manslaughter, I believe, um, you know, so, so, and I, I would not necessarily have heard of those if I hadn't been watching the mainstream news right. um, as well. So, so yes, the, the both, I think the both and not the either or, and yeah. I might, I might just be an optimist at heart, but I, I, I believe in humanity, even though sometimes humanity, you know, tries me. <laughs> you believe in humanity despite humanity. Despite humanity, yeah. exactly. Humanity despite humanity. I think that's the episode title. Humanity despite humanity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I tend to agree with you, but these are trying times. And again, it is in many ways about what are you consuming media-wise. But listen, they've always been trying times. You're always going to be okay. trying times. Because again, humanity despite humanity, right? And I firmly believe that we are... We are at the cusp of really shifting into a new era of human um, consciousness. And I don't mean that in like the woo-woo spiritual way. I mean, in how we believe, uh, what we believe about each other yeah. as human beings. This is why this is why we have those who are desperate to not get things changed um, be the loudest. Like, like you, know, the, right. you know, Doofus Ron DeSantis deciding, hey, you know what? Uh, no, no DA programs in, in public institutions or whatever sort of deal. But on good news, good black news, or I just read that, that like advanced placement um, black studies are being implemented in like uh, a few dozen high schools across the country. Right. So, but, but you're not reading that or hearing about that in the mainstream media. Right. So, so, so there's good stuff happening. We just unfortunately got to do the work to go find it ourselves. I actually think the backlash is going to be worse. Like, you know, like ultimately, I mean, you have places like Florida where things are on fire and definitely needs help and needs to change things. But like, people, you know, banning all of these books and library shelves being emptied and these ridiculous, like rewriting things like 
whatever that story was that came out about Rosa Parks, the way they had to rewrite it in order to like accommodate these new laws, you know, what's actually going to happen is that more states are going to say, you know what, we're not doing enough to talk about this. Yeah. Then they are banning it. Right. So on, I I know I said this on the show before, you know, like I happen to have Apple news because our family plan, it comes with it kind of thing. And one of the things that has helped me is to stop, like, I don't get my, there was a time where I got my news from like Facebook or Twitter. And like, I don't do that anymore because that not only is it through algorithm, but it's through my own biases of who I'm friends with and whatever. And so to kind of, you know, they don't even, sometimes it's every day, but it could be every other day. And I just kind of catch up on the stories of the latest couple of days. And I have to say, like, breaking news is going to find you, right? Yeah. When there's a shooting, it's going to find you. You know, I, there was a shooting in Atlanta a couple of, what, a week or two ago of literally like a block within where my sister works. And that news found me and I texted her, you know, like I was able to like, it, it, it'll find you kind of thing. I don't need to. That's the doom scrolling part for me that I just had to let go of. And to cut out. Yeah. And I would yeah. say, you know, a, a good um, counterbalance perhaps to like evening news or cable news networks, which do seem to highlight on the hysterical and the negative is some of the morning programs like Good Morning America mm-hmm. or Today Show, where there is a much higher balance of super positive, good things happening in the world um, and covering, act, you know, traditional newsy negative things. Um, and so there is positive stuff out there if, if you're looking now, at you it. Have to, you have to be careful of, though, the uh, like your local or regional morning news shows because... Oh, boy. <laughs> Apparently, you can. Uh, John Oliver on last week tonight did a whole special about this, um, where they will, you know, you 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 pay enough to get access to yeah. them. They wow. they so like his whole thing, you know, last week tonight organization. They invented a ridiculous product, like some like a blanket in the throat that's supposed to like energetically enhance your sexual beingness or some ridiculousness like that. And they actually paid enough money to get a correspondent on the show to like promote this thing. And they are like on the local news network. And he was, and he was kind of, he was, the whole thing was around how, you know, a lot of people, especially outside major urban areas, that's their news source. Right. Yeah. Right. They watch this local programming, which they will, they will sell airtime. They got they got salaries to pay, I got and you. a lot of people will come on and push a lot of ridiculousness. There, Some of there it, is a bit of capitalism infused yeah. in those morning shows. Some of it very yeah. innocuous, but some of it legit harmful. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so again, That's you fair. always gotta uh, watch watch with a mindful eye. It is all on fire. I knew it, Ogan. <laughs> you just undid your own art. Well, it's also <laughs> why I appreciate that NPR is like we're going to get our news from the BBC, right? Like we're going to exactly. pull in this international like i'm not saying the bbc is perfect but like we're going to pull in this more a little more neutral of a thing to to give our news a little more global yeah 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 and i appreciate that yeah for sure so before we get to the next one i forgot to mention earlier that i had a dream about us recording the podcast last night and we were all in person 
and I don't know where we were. It wasn't my house necessarily, but we kept getting interrupted by like kids and cats and had to kept, keep restarting the show. And then I sort of lived into it with how I started today. So <laughs> it's there. Brian's nightmare. I mean, just... Brian, Brian's having podcast nightmares. So. Brian, Brian messing up on his, on the podcast. Like he's all right if we mess up, but him messing up yeah. on the podcast, he's like, that's my nightmare. I can't do it. It's total nightmare. <laughs> I woke up in a sweat. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> I had oh, weird man. dreams the last couple of nights too. All right. Whatever. So a press release uh, said, noted with a headline, give yourself a hand. May is national masturbation month. A great opportunity to make time for yourself, get to know your body, and prioritize your sexual pleasure. It goes on to say masturbation is a great way to learn about what you like and don't and don't like without putting yourself at risk for pregnancy or sexually transmitted diseases, and is one of the best ways to learn about your sexuality. It can also help to relieve stress and ease menstrual cramps. And so I thought it'd be worth our discussing. Uh, and thank you, Ogan, for <laughs> pointing us toward this. Wait, wait to throw me under the bus right away. Brian's like, Listen. just so we're clear, it was Ogan's idea to talk about this, not me. Exactly. But, you know, I, I, this <laughs> always, is framed always. in such a positive way around yes. what yeah. is often seldom discussed. Or if it is, it's, it's in shameful hush-hush terms. Uh, certainly in many church and religious circles, but this is presenting a more healthy, sexual positive view of this. And how can, I guess, those of us involved in faith circles sort of amplify this or express this to counter what maybe many of us experienced to the opposite? So I, I when I was in seminary, I was an intern at a church and um, we had this like Wednesday, the kids, we had a Wednesday evening program. And so all the kids would actually come to church after school. And there was like a homework and gym time and whatever until like all their parents came for dinner and then, you know, had program that night. And so part of my job was to just hang out with them during this time. And one day, one of the boys was and it's a room full of people like we're you know all these kids in a room and um they were like hey shannon we have a question so this is in kentucky right so this is like suburban louisville south side pretty conservative area um and i'm like yeah what's what's going on and he's like why why do some kids at school say that masturbation is like against the bible it's like against god you know right and and I'm like, that's an excellent question. He's like, is that true? Like, is this whatever? And I said, well, you know, what they're referring to is this passage in Genesis that where like multiply the earth was the most important thing, right? Because people died very, very young. The birth rate was very, very low. And so they're trying to get people to like survive, to procreate. which just means to procreate, like have more babies. And so there's, it says that to spill your seed is a sin and you know, that, that, that's why it's there, right. Is because it's, it's literally there for survival. And I said, we don't live in that world anymore. And just like many other things in the Bible that are like, we're once there for possibly a very good reason, right? Like not eating pork, right. Because you might die from not cooking it correctly or whatever, like, this is also one of those things that like, there are enough people in the world. We don't 
only have sex to procreate anymore. So I don't really think this applies to us, you know, as a species. Well done. And then I said, but girls, I do have to say that this really does only apply to boys or men spilling their seeds. So it has never been anti-Bible for you to masturbate. So you go right ahead. And like the looks <laughs> on here. their faces. Here, here. They were all like, wait, are we at a church? Thing? Yeah, they were like. So listen, you're you're <laughs> underselling that biblical story right because because i remember when i was growing up like you know there was this, the sin of onan because there was a story yeah. about onan and and when he when he quote unquote spilled his seed on the ground it so offended god that god took his life oh yes. my right gosh. so Im- embedded in us it's this idea of oh my god we pleasure ourselves this is such a sin against god that we may literally not survive it wow so, so we got all of that to contend with as well. Which I, I grew up, that was the way, that was what was explained to me. That was the way it was growing up and not completely out of context, right? Like right. It, in terms of, again, because like that has nothing to do with me biologically female. That has nothing to do with me, but still the, the absolute shame of that was also brought upon me. Not that I'm saying it in any way should have been brought upon our boys or men, but like just in general, the massive misunderstanding. I also, part of the reason why I add that last part is that girls are not like, it is a very, it's a natural, um, boys can't help it, right? That's kind of what it's like said, right? Like boys can't help it or they can't whatever. And I'm convinced, and I hope we're getting there as a society, but like, I'm convinced that if girls were as encouraged or there was such a path for girls to explore their bodies, then we wouldn't have as many first sexual encounter scenarios as we do, as I didn't know what was happening until it was too late, right? Because they have no idea what their body is or what's going on. So to me, this isn't just, hey, do what feels good. Like there is an element of masturbation as a parent that is my responsibility for my girls to kind of talk through and think through. Like it's really important you know what's going on in your body and with your body and where things go and how that works. Not just so you can help someone, help your partner through what gives you pleasure. That's good and valid, please, by all means. But so you can stop something before it happens if you're not comfortable, right? Um, yeah. Because that's a scenario that has played out over and over and over again um, too many times, right? Yeah. Way too many times. Yeah. yeah. We have and I to... would say... Go ahead, Brian. Well, I was just going to say, I would, I would also say on the boys' side, if this was viewed masturbation as something more positive and growing self-awareness and and all of that like it seems to me boys would be better poised to make good sexual decisions that involve others yeah because the the narrative is the narrative is still to this day when it comes to sexuality and sexual impulses within men it's still the women's fault right oh and and we and we've got to change that narrative damn yoga pants ogan Oh I'm just gosh. saying, yoga pants. I'm just saying, but I think the other thing, which, which I just fell into and I'm, I'm okay with that, but I also want to name that we often talk about this with y- our younger selves or our teenagers or our, you know, going through puberty, 
I don't think we actually talk enough about this as adults in whether in committed relationships or not or whatever, that it can still be seen as shameful. Absolutely. As if, right? Like if, if within a marriage, this is something, I mean, like it's a stress reliever. It relieves menstrual, menstrual cramp. Like there are lots of reasons and without necessarily, it's not so much that like, I'm not satisfied in our relationship. I'm not yeah. satisfied with our sexual, like it, it, they're two separate things. Now they right. can be linked, right? right. That's yeah. the other side of it. They can be. And hopefully you often when there's that much shame around it, there's not open communication about it either, which is also, you know. Yeah. You have people, you have couples who are like secret individuals within a relationship, uh, masturbating in secret and, right. and, and, and being afraid to be caught. Uh, d- doing it and what might be the message that's send in as opposed to like embracing it like this could actually like help our sex life in yeah. in, in 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 total and also the I think I think it's it's weirdly paradoxical for a as a hypersexualized society as America is still very puritanical yes. around discussions right. like these and when they are, uh, efforts to make discussions like these, then we have instances where those people then are just labeled as, you know, perverts or trying to lead people astray, or like, this is, this is not conversations that need to be had in the public sphere, or, you know, or even, you know, in the extreme cases where, you know, like we just saw, you know, recently in Florida, you know, because, yeah, that, that principal who got fired, because she showed a statue of David and it was nude, and we can't, we can't have, that may lead to conversations around sex. And I know you mentioned about talking to our children about this, um, you know, when maybe puberty hits or something that like we got to start much earlier, yeah. much, much earlier. We need to start raising sex positive children. And yes, that includes appropriate discussions, age appropriate discussions around sex and sexuality. But we have to have those discussions so that they are better prepared to your point, Shannon as puberty kicks in and really the hormones start raging yeah i yeah i know what this means i i know what to do about this and and to encourage safe self-pleasure practices like you know yes this is okay for you to do it not maybe at you know when the guests are over for a dinner but in your private space and here's how you can let us know that you are in your private space in your private time and um we won't disturb you, but to, but to remove any embarrassment. But that means, again, we have to deal with our own embarrassment yeah. and our own shame and our own beliefs around sex and sexuality and what it means, what it doesn't mean. And, and the, the weird, like, just like so much heteronormativeness around uh, sex and, and gender normativeness around sex when it comes to, you know, self-pleasure. Um and 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 what that means and what it doesn't mean like you know there's uh you know back to i'll speak for all men um you know (laughs) you go for it you know when with 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 men you know so much of the narrative the unhealthy narrative is is around like hey if it means that i like sexually stimulate myself or pleasure myself in certain ways i'm i that, that means i'm gay or something like that. And it's like, no, that doesn't mean any of that at all. And, and can we, as men really, 
um, remove the internalized messaging of patriarchy around mm-hmm. around sex, right? Um, and stop centering our genitalia as men around the sexual experience and our whole bodies are sexual are uh, can be sexually stimulated as well. So there's a lot of programming, the sense of uh, entitlement that a lot of men have around around sex, especially when it pertains to, to to women and you know like beer old women's bodies and stuff like that. like th- that programming is it runs deep, it is very unconscious and we aren't aware of it often until we find ourselves in situations where we get pushback against it and then, it's if we're lucky we can realize this and the the church and the religious spaces aren't helping because many of them the only time sex is seen as something that is a holy tribute to god it's in the confines of marriage one well not just that but when there's children yes and more specifically yeah i i will i will say i've been fortunate enough to be in spaces where the focus wasn't just on children right it was Mm -hmm. about about sexual pleasure is in itself an act of praise to God again, but just in the confines of marriage. And, and I think that's not helpful either as, as well. Right. Well, which is always so amusing to me because in this day and age, like trying to have a baby isn't like fun sex, you know, right. Like we know too much about the planning and the whatever, (laughs) like, it's yeah, that's the a, that's the on the job sex. Yeah, like, and so I never. I always used to joke, like when I first would, when I first told a congregation, like I was pregnant, I was like, I have never had so many people happy that I had sex before. Like, you know, like, it's just this very weird, like, celebration of this. Um, that, isn't that a great point? Like, <laughs> you know, like baby showers for women in churches are just like notoriously you know, a big deal. And yet hey, no I one wants to for, talk about what led to that baby shower. I'm all for women celebrating other women that had sex and, you know, whatever. We right. just aren't <laughs> talking about whether it was satisfying or not. You know, right. that's more of the conversation that probably should be had. Yes. Um, but anyway, it it just, you know, for me, all of this is, it's it's not just breaking the stigma of we absolutely should break it for the the previous generations, but like breaking out of what we were. And I don't even know if, if like, Brian, I don't know about you. For, for me, it was explicitly said and taught, you know, this is bad and wrong and whatever, which is why I had the answer I did for that youth group kid, right? Because I had to do the work to untangle that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had an explanation for oh, it. I've been to men's retreats where the whole focus of the retreat was masturbation is bad. Jesus. I'm not even kidding. No pun intended. Sorry. Like totally felt like a, a bait and switch. Like, wait, I thought this yeah. was like going to be a positive guy's time. Talk yeah. about our walk with God. And it was basically don't masturbate. And, and, and what's, what's ironic is um, what's ironic is that if the, if the issue is being consumed with lust, then masturbation is the perfect outlet, right. To, to, to channel some of that energy in a healthy Wait. Also, a fun fact: better to cut but, off your right arm, Ogan, than to go into you know what, as, of hell with both hands intact. As you know, hey, sometimes we have to use both hands. One and two, as long as we're not cutting off any other parts of our bodies, I'm okay with that. Um, 
Fun fact in men also, when we talk about the health benefits of masturbation, studies have shown, and we don't know why yet, but men who masturbate frequently have less instances of prostate cancer. Look it up. This is a, a PSA, no pun intended, public P- service P- announcement. P- PSA. Is so, that just masturbation or like men who have sex more? So so this is so this is well to be more specific, it's men who ejaculate. So is sure. so so it's the the research hasn't proven yet. Is this just masturbation? Is it regular sex or I mean, you know, but the frequency the frequency helps. And yeah. generally, generally, men, we're 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 probably going to have more orgasms on our own than we have with a partner i'm making a really broad assumption here i'm but, just saying talk to your partner because they might want to join help they might want to think ex- exactly <laughs> right and so then that leads to another part of the conversation of what does sex mean and i remember uh i forget i think it was the washington post i read it where they did this survey and said yes kids uh and young people teenagers people in the 20s are having less sexual intercourse, but it doesn't mean they're having less sex. Right. So how do we define what sex means? And traditionally, especially when we come to, you know, like talking about losing our virginity and all that, sex meant like, you know, penile penetration, right? right. So, you right. know, when we have uh, like lesbian couples or like, right. like what, how do we define what, what sex is? Um, and, and most people don't think of an, of, you know, incidences of like, uh, mutual masturbation or anything as a sexual act, or even if you are pleasuring yourself alongside a partner and there's no touching of each other, but you are in that experience with someone else, is that sex or not? And, you know, I would say, yes, I would say any sexual pleasurable act in which someone is present is is quote unquote sex, but we don't, we don't have these yeah. conversations. And therefore then we get, we put this pressure on ourselves, especially to, to say like, I haven't had sex with my partner or with anyone in a very long time. And in our brains, that means a very limited thing. We can expand that to much more pleasurable experiences that don't even necessarily center around genitalia and, and really start to have a different conversation around that. Um, and, 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 you know, it's the, the, the one more thing I'll say about this in terms of the, like the spiritual slash religious context is I think any practice that allows me to strip myself of shame of self-imposed oppression that helps me to get to know myself better is a spiritual practice because it helps me to know the, the pure authentic me, which is the yeah. closest element of myself to God, divine spirit, um, whatever you want to call it. So, so I say, go do your part for the month. Um, and then like, keep, keep the, keep the practice going. I'll also like to shamelessly plug um, my other podcast with love and justice for all our last episode, episode nine zero, we called it, uh, I touch myself so much. Uh, we, we talk, we talk at length about about the subject so i encourage <laughs> folks if you want a more unvarnished conversation around it go check that out i mean i also just want to add that you know we're talking about living in a world of of lack and 
for some that genuinely is like they're not interested in some way or another right there are people who are asexual there are people who are this isn't a priority for me or you know whatever um and again that's okay too and explore mm -hmm. that too i think if you are if you do have a partner in this like just all of that conversation is valid um and breaking out of the cycle of shame it, it finding people you trust talk to about it finding people to talk to about it finding ways to talk to about it that don't necessarily put you in a position that you're uncomfortable you know um this is one of those you know i said last I said, um, when we talked about doing this topic, I said, you know, I'm, we like, I'm going to use youth group rules, which is you can ask me any questions you want. We can talk about it as much as we want. And I'm not going to tell you about what I do or how I do it or when I do it or, you know, whatever. And that's valid and that's fine. You know, you don't have to share. This isn't about getting together with your girlfriends and comparing how many times you have sex a week. Like that's not necessarily healthy either, you know? Yeah. It's up to you who and when you want to have those conversations, but that again is, up, and, is up and there's and there's no wrong to that question there's no wrong answer right no or no right answer That's um right. same same thing was self-pleasure one one of the actual i was doing this in research one of the actually most google questions around this area is that can you masturbate too much right and mm -hmm. like you know from a physical biological perspective no but like anything else once it starts to interfere with you living a healthy life you start you start missing appointments not showing up for work like not doing healthy living things that right. interrupts you know and and yes then yes but that's not about the act itself it's just about um what you're choosing also finally i think we alluded to this the bible not the best resource to get information not insight about this not at correct right by the way i cannot believe facebook is allowing this conversation, but kicked us <laughs> off two weeks ago when we literally said nothing about nothing. being sexual. No. Uh, yes, uh, the pre the pre show for that the pre show for that will be up will be up later. Just got the video for that, so I'll put in the pre show. There it was go. interesting uh, lead up to this. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning into Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. <laughs> get access to pre and post show banter and more visit patreon.com slash pt live to get started and a big thank you to our current patrons listen anytime on soundcloud stitcher spotify apple and google podcasts our top cities this week are timonium maryland my town i didn't listen i swear <laughs> chatham ontario and holland michigan so brian and i are listening to the show and one person in ontario yeah, there you go there really you go. appreciate it <laughs> You can watch the video for these conversations on Facebook Live. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. And we're out. How you doing, Brian? Was it as, was it as uh, uncomfortable as you expected? No, it was fine. It was absolutely <laughs> fine. It was absolutely fine. <sighs>